0: Life Happens, weekdays,
1: 1 to 3 p.m. You are listening to KG Mwegeti on SFM. It is now 10 past 1 on SFM. Welcome to Live Happens. My name is Kromozo, KG Mwegeti. It's Monday, the 5th of July. We're leading the conversation on SFM, and our studio numbers are 011 You can also SMS us on the number 41391. That SMS will cost you a rent 50. We're on WhatsApp uh, on 061 410 4107 if you send us a WhatsApp, it's always better to send a voice note and a short and to the point voice note so that we play your views uh, instead of uh, having to take time out to read them. We're on the DSTV Audio Bouquet Channel 814 also. Uh, we are on 104 to 107 Nationwide. We're on Twitter on at SAFM Radio. I'm also there at KG Moeketze and hashtag us if you want to uh, converse with us with uh, the hashtag SFM live happens hashtag. So coming up on the show today, we're counting the cost of lost schooling in South Africa, and uh, this is now between uh, ten past one and uh, ten and a half past one. At half past one, we talk about how some teachers are not keen on being vaccinated, and what does this mean for them when they do go back to school? Because at some point, schools will open, and those teachers that are not vaccinated will have to go back to school and teach students. And in our Africa update, after 2 o'clock, we're talking Swaziland. Uh, You know, over a million people live in Swaziland, and uh, we've watched uh, all kinds of... um, horrifying images coming out of that mountain kingdom. So we're going to talk Swaziland and then at half past two we talk uh, COVID-19 update uh, with Professor Bertram Fielding uh, about specifically antibodies uh, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about on the show today. It's 12 past one, so a year ago at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic uh, it was predicted that school closures in South Africa would result in learning losses. A loss of contact learning time would Lead apparently to lower educational outcomes, and the losses would be higher, specifically in no fee schools, which serve children from low income families, than in fee paying schools. And we wanted to have a conversation about this with Vijay Reddy, who's a distinguished research specialist and human science, sciences uh, at the Human Sciences Research Council. And uh, he joins me on the line now. Vijay, good afternoon. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's a she, I apologize. How much contact uh, time was lost uh, since the lockdown started last year to date for schooling? Uh,
0: Good afternoon, KG. Uh, If I look at the lockdown for 2020, I have a better handle on the loss of uh, school times. And uh, Martin Gustafsson, from the Department of Basic Education has done the calculations. And so the estimate is that, uh, including the time when schools were shut down completely, as well as the time when we went back, but it was rotational so, learning uh, uh, attendance, uh, we estimate that for 2020, learners lost about 60% of school time and if we look at it in terms of uh, those that attended fee and or no fee schools those in no fee schools the learning uh, time attendance was higher at about 65 percent in other words if a school uh, generally uh students attend school for about 200 days that's the school calendar and if 60 percent of time was lost that's about Over 100 days, uh, at about 120 days of school time was lost, uh, and about 80 days of attendance. So that should give a sense of how uh, learning outcomes would then be affected.
1: So we know, Vijay, that obviously uh, this has never happened in our democratic era where so many children have lost so much schooling time. How then do we begin to assess the impact that this loss would have on these children?
0: Well, that's what the article that we wrote in the conversation, we tried to quantify then what would this loss of learning time mean. Now we know that Uh, School is a very important institution for learners, especially from poorer households, low-income households, because it's only at schools that they have the interaction with expert teachers with expert knowledge and would be able to uh, increase their knowledge and skills and education. And so we set about to say if there was this loss of learning time, what would we predict the learning outcomes would be?
1: Mm, mm. And of
0: course, uh, as you said, this is unprecedented time. We, we didn't have primary data to do it, but we used a speculative, uh, informed speculative methodology. We, we, we tried to estimate that. And so we used, the, in, in 2019, we had conducted the trends in international mathematics and science study. And so we asked ourselves, if we, uh, and that's done at a grade nine level, if learners in 2020 would take the same test, what do we? How do we think they would then perform? And after using a methodology that's been used in other parts of the world, we found that our speculation is that the learners in uh, would have taken the test in 2020 would have uh, achieved the same levels that was done in 2015. Wow. And, uh, and, And we also know, I mean, South African educational outcomes are low and the system has been working very hard to slowly improve. Yeah. And from 2015 to 2019, we did show an improvement. Small, but we've shown an improvement. Yeah, yeah. But by the end of 2020... Our speculation is that if the learners took exactly the same test their achievement would have been the same as 2015 wow hence hence setting the educational system back by about five years.
1: But then also the complication is further made by the kind of schooling uh, these children go to because the findings seemingly uh, vary depending on what kind of school a child comes from, uh, a no-fee school versus a fee-paying school.
0: Absolutely right, because for uh, as, you know, while it is said that uh, you know, COVID doesn't discriminate whether you're rich or poor or affluent or not, the effects of the coronavirus are felt differently in these two environments. So, if you are in a household, more affluent, middle class household, which is about 30% of our population, then it is more than likely that the household would have had digital access, computer, internet connectivity, etc. And more probably, Uh, most probably, this learner would be attending a school which was designed also to go online during this time. So 30% of our learners would have then uh, had some access to digital online learning during the period. Not ideal, but still at least they had access. For 70% of our learners... They didn't have any interactions. During the school closures, teachers did try to communicate through WhatsApp messages and sending exam papers, etc. But there was no support in any way for the learners. There uh, there was a little bit of television and radio programs, uh, more so for the secondary-level learners. But for the majority of learners, For times that they are not in the school premises, it is highly unlikely that much learning uh, and educational engagements.
1: Place in their lives. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you want to join the conversation, we are in conversation with VJ Reddy, who is a distinguished research specialist at the Human Sciences Research Council, and uh, we're trying to count the cost uh, of uh, lost schooling that happened in South Africa uh, from uh, the, the beginning of uh, the lockdown period in March of last year uh, to date. And if you want to join the conversation, please do so on seven one four two zero zero six. That's 11 714 or WhatsApp us on 61 So then, you know, there's a formula that apparently can show how much children in, in uh, uh, more privileged schools lost and how much education children in poorer uh, schools lost. One way of assessing, apparently, uh, this is scores in certain tests and uh, particularly mathematics. Uh, and mathematics is probably uh, the best one to look at. Do we see that as a way of determining what kind of impact this has had uh, if we measure uh, particularly maths and science study for the year 2020? Yes, uh,
0: and, and to try to concretize this, KG. In 2019, through this the same test that we administered, we found that we, we estimated that 40% of our grade line, uh, 9 learners would be categorized as mathematically proficient. Now, those 40%, and it's been increasing from 1995 when it was 10%. So those 40% have a better chance of passing successfully through schools, probably entering uh, careers that require maths and science qualifications, probably passing. And so they are able to then take their place in the high-skilled labor markets, which is the, way, the trajectory of the labor market these days. So we've been increasing, and in 2019, 41% would be categorized in that manner. If they took the test in 2020, we speculate it drops back to 34%, which was the uh, numbers in 2015, that would then have the same kind of trajectory as the 41%. In other words, we'll be able to be successful in maths and science when they reach matric and enter post-tertiary qualifications in maths and science. Mm. So that's the kind of setback that we have. And um, it's like trying to push a car up a hill and this car has slid back five years. Wow! Wow! Uh, so th- that's the only analogy I can think of which will try to uh, to give an image of the sliding back of the system, and so this is the the challenge that's uh, unfortunately our our youth are going to face. That there has been this loss of learning time, yeah. And the speculation again from the Department of Basic Education is that. It will take a while till about 2030 before
1: we can come back to the educational levels where we want to be. Wow! And the impact then is a almost a whole generation uh, that goes into the future uh, without uh, the tools that they need to be able to navigate uh, what the world will demand at that time.
0: Absolutely, and that generation is uh, that's affected more. Are the ones that are from poor households and need education the most in order to uh, move out of the, the, that scenario and get into better paying jobs and future better earnings etc yeah so it's it, well uh, I must say that globally there's also a loss um, you know I mean all countries are experiencing the same the difference is that in most, and, and of course the learning outcomes uh, are affected more for the poor, the balance in many of the developed countries and highly industrialized countries is that you have a greater percentage of more affluent learners than the poorer learners. Yeah. Whereas in our case, it is 30% versus a 30% that uh, learners that are more Uh, come from more resourced households and in more resourced schools versus the 70%. And it's that difference of the ratio that makes the challenge going forward more heftier for South
1: Africa. Speaking then of uh, going forward uh, does uh, your research paper at all give suggestions uh, to the Department of Basic Education in terms of finding any sort of recovery for these losses but specifically and particularly uh, for learners from previously disadvantaged and currently disadvantaged really communities. Currently
0: yes it's currently as yeah. well. Absolutely. Look, we understand. Um, I mean, the one big issue is that learners have got to get back to schooling, and of course, uh, we're having this conversation
1: in a very uh, in the midst start. of in the midst of this wave uh, that that yes. that has this delta variant.
0: Absolutely. So it seems a bit uh, presumptuous to, to to make these recommendations, but. The, uh, the one thing, and the Department of Basic Education, in measuring the, uh, or taking into consideration the medical effects or, or the health effects for young children and finding that there that, uh, weren't such high costs for young children in terms of incidence or hospitalization, have recommended bringing back the primary school children to school. So where they come in every day rather than on a rotational timetable. And, of course, the sooner we can get to that point of bringing back all children to school, the better for the educational system. But that, again, depends on all of us uh, uh, and not getting infected and the vaccination campaign going much faster so that there's more safety nets in the society. So so that's the one aspect. The other aspect, given that there's this pandemic and it has been around for a while and, and will continue to be around, I was surprised that the Department of Basic Education didn't invest more in terms of radio, television, educational programs. Mm. And this is where the media... Uh, because radio, <laughs> you can be in your own household and li- and be safe, and still listen to educational programs on radio.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: so I, I, there's there's so many things that one needs to um, see to, but the uh, the media and educational television and radio could be one avenue that we invest in. Because if this virus is around for quite a few years and there's disruptions, and remember that for, because of structural conditions, majority of our learners won't be able to access digital devices or computers. If, if it was possible, then that would be a better route in terms of going on to online learning during the time of disruptions.
1: So these so these these media sorry sorry these uh, recommendations specifically for media outlets uh to take up the baton mm-hmm. and help uh currently disadvantaged uh, students uh, are they things that you yourselves as the Human Sciences Research Council share perhaps with the uh Icasa as uh, I suppose the mother body of all broadcasters in the country uh to say this is a recommendation that uh, we would like to make to yourselves uh, for you to uh, Uh, you know, uh, require of uh, media houses to make sure that uh, we give access to uh, education to children who otherwise might be wiped off a system uh, as a result of the impact of COVID?
0: I'm afraid I haven't done that with ICASA, and that's a very good suggestion you're making. And perhaps uh, as the HSRC, we should write to ICASA. We have made the recommendations to the Department of Basic Education and they're also aware of this avenue. Mm. But I take your point and it would be one to to also pursue because education is a societal responsibility mm. and every sector has to play its role uh, in, in trying to provide in, uh, educational inputs
1: yeah. of, for our children. Lastly, Vijay, uh, knowing we know nothing <laughs> about <laughs> COVID, that's one thing we know for sure. Uh, yes. we, 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 we know sometimes we know a little bit, but sometimes we largely know very little. Uh, and knowing that, uh, what kinds of future um, sort of uh, projections uh, at a general level uh, do you as the Human Sciences Research Council Uh, give to uh, the Department of Basic Education, uh, knowing we know nothing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a conservative researcher, and so therefore my speculation is for 2020. Mm -hmm. We also don't know how the recovery will take place. Mm. And of course, uh, uh, I hope to be surprised by our system, our teachers, our learners, in that, perhaps the recovery will be quicker mm. than we are estimating. So, so uh, I, I, I think, uh, you know, just looking at the global literature, this virus is going to be around for a few years. Mm. The vaccination campaign, perhaps we would reach a uh, population immunity by about July next year. Uh, I, these are all speculations, but. I think that there, is, there are going to be further learning losses during 2021. Wow. That, I, that, that I think is fairly clear, given that uh, for a number of learners, they did not attend school every day.
1: Yeah, we'll And be-
0: they didn't have digital access as well.
1: Yeah, uh, the great digital divide uh, in South Africa. We're going to have to leave it here, uh, Vijay, but uh, thank you very much uh, for your insights and uh, for your research. I'm sure we'll talk again. Uh, Vijay Reddy is a distinguished research specialist at the Human Sciences Research Council as we count the loss of lost schooling in South Africa and its impact particularly on currently disadvantaged children. It's one thirty News Headlines with Anne Musa.